Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedore, and we are Golden Link Training and Coaching, where we are helping people live the best life ever. Kristen, we have a special guest with us today, and I am so excited for you to give a little bit of a background about this fabulous ball of energy that we have on our podcast today. I know this is where I think we should have some like intro music, energy (laughs) pumping, because your world of real estate is about to be lit on fire. Today's guest, Gogo Bethke, has a goal of helping as many agents as she possibly can make a name for themselves in the world of real estate. She wears the crown as the social media queen and has over 80,000 followers a million impressions or more every month, and the production volume to prove that the work is worth it. As a top 3% realtor in the nation, Gogo has also been recognized as the number one social media realtor in the state of Michigan and 16th in the nation. And the best part is she did it all organically. And now she shares her knowledge with other realtors on how to build a brand and generate leads that will help them grow their business. So that is why we are so excited that she's with us today. Gogo, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So Gogo, let's get started. Tell us like about your journey. How did you get into real estate? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a funny one. So I, it wasn't my idea. I wasn't like, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to be a realtor, right? I didn't even know what a realtor was. Let's put it that way. So I'm from Romania originally. You can probably still hear it on my accent. I'm from Eastern Europe. I was born and raised in Transylvania, Romania, came to the U.S. by myself in 2003. I didn't get a real estate license until 2011. So I did all kinds of jobs between 2003 and 2011. At the time, I was a stay-at-home mom and I worked as a server in a restaurant. And my neighbor thought I would make a great realtor. So she's like, I already talked to real estate one, go talk to them. They'll pay for your license if you pass. And I was like, okay, I watch HGTV. How hard can it be? Right. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, you show two houses or three houses. They buy one like this. Sign me up. Um, I didn't realize that where are those people going to come from, right? <laughs> like that's, that's the hard part. Not you know, like The hard part is finding those people that want to buy a house or sell a house, right? So uh, got it. went and got licensed. Uh, first try, I passed my license saying they paid for my school. So by far, my investment into real estate was $0, right? And then I realized that there's a lot of fees that you have to pay. In the first year, I made $16,000. I probably <laughs> I probably covered my fees and maybe some gas you know, at the time, Uh, but 2011 was kind of the tail end of that, um, you know, the the market crash. So I got in when all we did was short sales and foreclosures and rentals um, and, you know, bottom pricing. And uh, I figured I'm like, if I can figure out real estate at the darkest hours, right? Like I'm going to be sailing by the time good times come around. So that's exactly what happened. But most of my friends um, thought that I just lost my marbles when I decided to get into real estate in 2011, right? Like, uh, are you planning on, uh, do you work for money? Are you planning on making money? Uh, why would you go into real estate right now, right? I just knew and I felt it and I'm and I'm the sorest loser you ever meet. So after getting into real estate, I realized how actually how hard it is to actually get leads, right? And so I interviewed all of the top producing agents. And by interviewing, I mean, I was an annoying new agent who knocked on your door and asked you like, hey, what do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you do it? And I just plop my touch down in their chair and I wouldn't move until they told me, right? Or I would like, I see somebody leaving with like a, uh, listing packet in their arm, you know, under their armpit. I would freaking went after them, jump in the car and be like, I'm coming with you. I didn't ask, <laughs> I didn't ask so if funny. I can. I didn't ask if I can. I was like, wherever you're going, I'm going with you, right? Because I wanted to see them in action. I wanted to learn what they're saying and how they hold the conversation and how they negotiate, how they market, how much they spend, where do they go, what do they do, right? So I would go in everybody's office and I would ask them all of these questions. And I realized that most of them at the time were door knocking. They were buying Zillow leads. They were cold calling. They had all of the mojo dialers and all of the things. And mind you, my real name is Junjvir. Yep, you heard it right. That's my name, Junjvir. Yeah. Nobody, nobody can say it, right? So <laughs> I had to switch to GoGo, um, but on top of it, so my name is kind of like the wrong 1-800 number. <laughs> Plus I have an accent, right? So I was like, oh yeah, sure, let me, buy, let me buy a house from you, 
right? Like, come on, right? So I, I feel like I had to work extra hard. On top of it, I had no sphere of influence. I had no college education. I had no money to buy leads. I had, I had nothing. I was no sales experience, right? Um, no language. Let's just start there. Like, I didn't even have any school education in the U.S. And I had literally basic English, like fresh off the boat English, right? So I had pretty much everything going against me that most people would be like, at least you have a freaking cousin on this continent that like out of pity would buy a house from you, right? Like I don't have anyone. Like still to today, I don't have anyone related to me my, by blood on this continent besides my two kids that I created with my husband, wow. right? So I'm like, who's gonna buy a house from me? So that's how it started. And I'm the sorest loser. So I did the interview and they were door knocking and cold calling and farming. And I was like, and Zillow, buying Zillow leads. I couldn't afford $4,000 a month on Zillow leads. I just wanted to make $4,000 a month. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. So I figured out, okay, I know what I'm not going to do, which were all these things because it's against my religion. As I like to say, I don't freaking door knock. I'm five foot two little blondie. Not happening. I'm not calling people. I have an accent. They're going to hang up. I'm not doing it. Right. And for me, something about cold leads, I gives me the BBGVs. I feel like I am begging you for your business when I know what I bring to the table. I always had this little chip on my shoulder, even when I never sold a house. I was like, you're lucky if you get to work with me. I just always had that attitude, right? So it just doesn't go hand in hand. That attitude and then me begging you on the phone to come work with me. And you're like, what did you say your name was? Right. So that's just, it, it doesn't work for me. So I had to figure out another way um, because I'm not a loser. Like whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be, you can assume that my name is on the top of that list. I will do whatever it takes to be on the top of the list. So now I said, okay, then who is my audience? Who is going to buy a house or sell a house with me? Who? I don't know anyone. So strangers. Okay. Where are strangers? Facebook. Oh, yeah. everybody and their mother had a Facebook account, right? I was like, okay, Facebook it is, right? So I created Google's Real Estate on Facebook and I just started posting stuff. And here we are, fast forward another 11 years, right? But here we are today. So today I've known as Google's Real Estate or the social media queen of real estate as they call me today. But it's really all started out of necessity of not really having a plan B. Okay. I love this. Where did that mindset come from? Because I think that can really take you a really long way. And a lot of people get, find themselves in this situation, not exactly like yours, obviously, but I'm new into real estate. I never was in sales before. I like to talk to people, but you know, a lot of times they have limiting beliefs and you were just, you sound like you were just like a freight train. Like you were just like, get out of my way. Where did that come from? Gogo? So I'll be honest with you, though, I, I don't think I can truly answer this question because sure. I feel like some of it is creation by God. It's just who I am, right? Yeah. It's not a skill that I learned. I always had that chip on my shoulder. I mean, in kindergarten, in Romanian kindergarten, you had a little emblem, right? Like you were an apple or you were a this or you were a that. I was a freaking hot pepper. <laughs> I was a hot pepper. I was a jalapeno in kindergarten, right? So they knew that, oh, she's spicy. Like she has a little spice to her, right? And I always just had that. So I think some of it is creation, right? I'm not saying that some you can't learn because through the years and through the, you know, the darkest, the, the, the soul searching hours of my life of the darkest, <laughs> I like to call it the darkest um, alley <laughs> that I ever walked down on is the, is the darkest corners of your soul, Right. A lot of those things you can absolutely learn, right? Like let, learn skills through life, but the attitude of how you tackle everything, right? I always been of like, just get out of my way, especially when they tell me, no, I can't do something. Oh, you did me. Oh, you just did me a big favor. Like, please tell me I can't do something, please. <laughs> right? Because then I'll do it twice. I like to say it. I'll do it twice and I'll take photos and I'll post it, right? It's that. just... The attitude I always had. So I think you have to have a little bit of that fire inside of your soul of like not ever taking no for an answer. You can ask anyone around me. I will go until maybe just out of like, oh my gosh, she's going to call me again. I'm just going to say yes, right? Like there's no no in my book. Like I will go until if there's no way, then I will create the way. 
I think that's so fantastic, Gogo, because even the the spicy pepper, right? Like you come across with such authenticity, like you are who you are and you have embraced that. And Carrie, I really like that question too, because, you know, right, the stat is staggering. So many people fail out of the world of real estate within their first year or two because they become defeated by the struggles, like the resiliency that you have to have to be successful in this industry, I think is so important. And I love that you embraced who you authentically were and were able to display that to everybody who was in your path, whoever God put in your path, whatever direction you went, you come across this so organically. And I think that's what's so neat about what you've been able to do. So like your ability to grow your business using social media has been phenomenal. So like, what do you feel were those building blocks of your social media success. You know, you said you just started posting and it started to take off from there. Like what contributed to that success for you? I think the biggest part, of course, we just talked about is authenticity, right? It's like not only just, oh, this is my closing. We just closed with this client. We just did it. We just like, yeah, but you also have to show what it took. Like you also have to be like, well, I just lost the listing because that guy over there has a penis and I have boobs. <laughs> But seriously, that's that's why I lost the listing one time because they said I was too busty. Actually, I didn't lose that listing. I ended up winning it because my comeback was like, okay, so since you're judging my ability to sell your home based on the size of my boobs, then did you ask him this based on the size of his body parts? So let's compare. <laughs> right? And what are my boobs have to do with my ability to sell your home? Right. Right. And let's put it on the table then. If if this is a decision-making factor, then let's put it all on the table. He puts his, I put mine in and see who Guess who got the listing and sold it overpriced? This is years ago when overpriced was like a big deal, right? In seven hours. Wow. These boobs. <laughs> wow. So that's what I mean, right? Like you have to be authentic because this world is kind of, especially, I don't know, other worlds right because I wasn't in sales in other worlds but in other industries but I feel like real estate industry is so cutthroat right and so many people are so afraid of what people are going to say so that's why they don't do authentic because they feel like well what are they going to say but I don't care what they're going to say because your opinion I can deposit into my bank account as soon as I can deposit your opinion into my bank account I start caring and I'm going to send my kid to college on your opinion right but well until said then until then it doesn't matter Right. And I think that's where most get lost, where, where they don't do authentic things because they worried about what people say. So the faster you can get over of like, it does not matter. They're, they're going to have an opinion with, with, with or without you actually posting it onto Instagram. Right. They're going to have an opinion about you. Right. But the way you have to look at it, those are not my people. Right. I'm looking for the people who are looking for me. And the only way you can find those people is by allowing them to get to truly get to know you. Right. Because they're like, oh, you have a bulldog. I have a bulldog. Oh, you're a foreigner. I'm a foreigner. Oh, you're a mom of two. I'm a mom of two. Or you have a diabetic son. I have a diabetic son. Right. Or you live in Michigan. I live in Michigan. Or you moved to Florida. I moved to Florida. Right. But without you sharing that thing about your actual personal life, they don't get to know you personally. Right. Because that's where the connection, that's where the connection is made is when you show up authentic, people feel like they know you. And the reality of real estate is, is that we're in the people business. We just happen to sell houses, right? So you're, you're showing up authentically in your social media. People are feeling like they know you, they know what they're going to get. They like what they see. Those that don't leave and you're like, see you later. You're not my people. And you are, you come out being, you know, having a crown on your head as a social media queen of real estate, because you just show up and do you. And I, it, and it sounds so easy, but there's got to be a little bit of method to your madness. Cause like you oh, just said is. before, I mean, that's just the basic, right? So having right. being authentic and being consistent, those right. are the basics. And then we go into the actual, like, 
it is a business, right? Just like everybody else who cold calls from eight to 11 every single day and then they show homes in the afternoon, like that's a schedule, right? Like I have a schedule, don't get me wrong. When you look at my profile, it might not feel like things are scheduled, but they're very much scheduled, right? Like just like every Tuesday at 11, I do a podcast. Ask me what I do every Tuesday at 11, I do a podcast. Ask me what I did the last three years every Tuesday at 11, a podcast. And ask me what I'm gonna do next three years, Tuesday at 11, a podcast. Right. So I'm very, very scheduled. The posting that we do, like we literally have what we advertise every single day. So those swipe ups that I share, that's my Amazon store. It's my QuickBooks, you know, affiliate link or the this and the that. Those are scheduled months ahead. Right. So we know who's going to be what company or what service that I love and support. I never advertise, by the way, things that I don't personally use. So if you can, they can reach out to me, which I have hundreds of them, right? They reach out to me. They would pay me for to advertise their services. I don't do that because you have to stay, stay true to your brand. You are as good as your word, right? And it's going to take 11 years to build something and five seconds to ruin it. Right. It's right. not worth the commission. It's not worth the commission, right? Um, so I never do that. So everything that we do is very much scheduled. I know that you guys are, that you're only taking sound from this one, but I'm going to show you my schedule just so you can see it. And then you can kind of give a feel for your audience of what it looks like. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you, it, you've color coded every day is just full, 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 full. So you're, you're very intentional with the ways oh, that you're doing it. You know, you're, you're using trusted old time blocking methods. That's what your podcast at, you know, 10 AM is or 11 where you are. And, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, and I think that, you know, the consistency is huge. But what do you, how, explain to me how you decide what to talk about. Like you were just talking before, like, no, I don't want to say, oh, look at me. I just closed a house. You get really authentic go-go. And, you know, how, how are you just bringing that to the table? Like it can't be as easy. Maybe it is for you, but maybe for our listeners, it's not that easy to just like throw your phone on and just talk about something. You know, do you have a process or what, what is the creative energy around that? What does that look like? So the average, so I'm the biggest numbers nerd and tracking nerd that you're ever going to meet. My trackers have trackers, right? So in average, I know I track everything. I track about when I breathe. No, I don't go that far, right? But pretty much everything else we track. So in average, I post about twice into my feed every single day. And then I post about 10 to 15 times into my stories every single day. That's just habit, right? Okay. If you do something over 90 days, so every single day, you do the same thing for 90 days. It takes about three months for your brain to finally click and be like, oh, I guess what we do, this is what we do, right? And eventually it's just habit. Eventually, I don't even realize of like what I do. I just grab my phone and do it because this is my office. This is all I need. Anywhere I go, I have this with me, right? So it's very simple for me to just grab and take a quick little video, a quick little picture, share something that somebody already shared with me and tag me, right? But here's the catch. Most of the people overthink it because they're like, how is this going to affect my life? What people are going to say? As soon as you stop thinking about it, you're just going to start sharing whatever's on your mind, right? So it's not work anymore. It's just who you are because truly this is who I am and this is what I did today. So all I post about is whatever crosses my mind, a lesson that I learned today. This is what I'm doing today. I got this award. I'm speaking on this podcast, like whatever I'm doing. And if you stop thinking about the effect of that on other people or what they're going to say, then you just have the freedom to create, right? And I at that point, it's not work anymore. I know I'm, I'm so in love with this and you were so right. So I have an, a 12 year old son who is a chronic overthinker and he plays sports. He plays baseball, basketball, and football. And in basketball, I can actually see him thinking during a game and he overthinks it. He, the second he delays before he shoots the ball, he gets swarmed by other kids and cannot get the shot off. Now it's football season here in Wisconsin and he goes into the game. It's almost halftime. He's on defense. Next thing you know, he gets gets an interception and he runs it in for a touchdown, right? Super exciting moment. We're sitting at the kitchen table and I ask him, Ethan, what were you thinking? He says, I wasn't. And I'm like, yes, yes. 
(laughs) He just did it. Those instincts. So I love that story, Gogo. Like, you know, we talked about limiting beliefs earlier and thinking of that mindset of, and even just the building up of the habits. Cause I think you're so right. We tend to make this more complicated for us because we're thinking about all of these different angles. What are we going to say? What are people going to think about what we say? Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to look perfect? And it's like, no. There isn't such a thing as per- describe perfect. Right. There is no such thing, right? There isn't such a thing. Something that's perfect in my eyes, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's freaking ugly. <laughs> right? Like perfect is, is an illusion. It's, it's, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? Like mm-hmm. we all think something totally different is perfect. So you mm-hmm. never, if you're rooting for perfect, might as well just go get a job. Just go get a job. Right. <laughs> right. Because there isn't such a thing. But I wanted to add on to that mindset thing, right? A little bit. So I'm the type of person that like to say, like, just jump and build a plane on the way down, Love right? Because you're going to freaking figure it out because you're not going to hit the ground, right? Because then you're dead and mm-hmm. you didn't get into the business to be dead, right? You got into the business to actually achieve something. So just jump and build a plane on the way down. Trust me, you will figure it out before you hit the ground. It's that mindset that people that are chronically overthinking, they get paralyzed by the details of making things perfect. And we like to practice something that we call get mo and it's good enough to move on. So we, we love to say, you know, let's, let's just get mo this, like, like it's good enough. Let's go, um, you know, get it done and then get it right. Cause you can always come back and refine it. But if you don't get started somewhere, you, you are stuck, you know, you're stuck in your own, in your own mind. And I feel like that's what happens with a lot of brand new agents that want to jump into the real estate industry because they are watching, you know, HGTV thinking it's super hard. They're seeing, you know, what other agents are out there doing. If they're thinking HGTV is super hard, then they should not get into real estate. Because HGTV makes it, in my opinion, it makes it seem super easy. My one of my favorite is like one of them collects butterflies, the other one sharpens pencils. They they qualify for two million dollars. They look at three homes, they buy one. Like if that's hard for you, then do not get into real estate because reality is going to slap you in the face. Right. And, and it's, you know, but they, the, the perception of it, I think is that they can go and get clients like that. And the reality exactly. of it is that quality is hard. Yes. But the reality of it is hard and it's not at all what, what the real estate industry is like. And once people get into it and they realize, gosh, this is harder than I thought it was, or it's not what I thought it was going to be. And then they find a stride like you did with social media and it doesn't matter. I mean, it can be social media, it can be whatever works for them, you know, and, and, you know, social media was what, you know, catapulted you and it made a lot of sense and others, it might be something completely different, but I think the point. The point is, is that, you know, just get out of your own way and just get started and figure it out, you know, build that airplane as you're, you know, as you're jumping, because if you try to build the airplane, you know, while you're in the sky, you know, what's, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know? My favorite when people say, I'm like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? Like, why are you afraid of making the decision? What's the worst case scenario? And they're like, well, what if it doesn't work out? I'm like, well, you are already there. Right. You are at your worst case scenario because you, it's never going to work out if you don't take action. It can right. only get better from here, right? Because right? if you don't try, you are exactly where the end result would be the same. Right. It's true. It is so if true. You take action, it can only get better. So Gogo, can you talk a little bit about where you got started? So for seven and a half years, I was with a company called Real Estate One, right? They were the largest family-owned brokerage in the state of Michigan. I was the baby. I could get away with murder. I had a corner glass office. Like seriously, I could do whatever I wanted, right? They called me the million dollar baby because I sold the million dollar property in two and a half hours, which for us at the time, average price range was 275, right? So it was like a big deal. So they called me million dollar baby. I, I could seriously do whatever I wanted. The only reason I ever switched from there, and I had an amazing cap, so I did not switch for the money. I actually switched from real estate one where I had a $9,000 cap to Keller Williams where I had a $21,000 cap. That doesn't make sense. So anybody in the right mind would be like, why would you do that? Right. Why would you go from like tripling your, your cap? So the reason I did that is because 
I was already at the point where uh, my social media presence, I think at the time was like 30 some thousand, right? And I would talk to people who are getting into real estate nationwide and I would send them to Keller here and Colva Banker there and Century 21 Compass and Exit and just everywhere, right? Which is time is money. So if I'm taking an hour a day to talk to an agent, to explain the real estate industry and convince them to become an agent and they go get licensed and then they call me, where should I get my license, right? If I'm spending all that time, right? I need to get paid for that time. I am enjoying doing that. Don't get me wrong. That's I love changing lives. But here's the thing. I have a family to feed. Mm-hmm. And my kids, can't. I can't put food in the fridge based off of me talking to another agent. So I have to get paid for that time. So Keller Williams had, or I need to stop doing that activity and go sell another house, right? So Keller Williams at the time had something that was called profit share. So I truly switched to Keller because of profit share because um, the eight months that I was with Keller, so 2018, February, I left from real estate one whom I joined in 2011. So in February of 18, I switched to Keller. In October of 18, I switched from Keller to EXP. So truly, if it wasn't for Keller opening up my eyes to profit share, I would have never known that revenue share was a thing, right? So as you grow in life, the way I like to kind of look at it is like, imagine entering this room, you open the door, you go in and there's this room with all of these things in it that you never knew existed. And you kind of look around and you get familiar with it. You're like, oh my gosh, how exciting. And then you realize, hold on a minute, there's another door. And then you open that door and you're in another room and there's all other new exciting things and you figure those out and you're like, oh, hold on a minute, there's another door, right? So it just never ends. You keep figuring things out. And truly, if it wasn't for me understanding profit share and I brought over 40 agents in eight months to Keller, I probably would have never looked at the idea of revenue share, right? So that's what happened in October. I switched to EXP um, truly for revenue share. So I already was a producing agent. I knew that I can do agent attraction and change lives. So then I just wanted to get paid the most amount of money that I can for, for that activity, right? So today we have the Team Logo organization that is over um, a thousand agents now. Yesterday we had a thousand and five agents. Wow. Um, we are in five different countries and in 45 different states. We did this year already. We are over a billion dollars in sales. Hopefully we hit close to 2 billion in sales in 2022, right? So I'm very much for production. I also removed myself from production so I can coach more, right? So I have a local team in Michigan um, that's called Google's Real Estate Team. I have three agents on there. One of them is part-time, two of them are full-time. We closed about 70 deals this year. This is our first full year together. Um, Two of the agents are recently joined. One was with me the whole time. So she did most of the transactions. Um, So that is what I enjoy doing, right? Organically generated. I don't have an office. I don't buy leads. All of my team production is organically generated. All of the 70 deals this year, right? As we are starting to grow that. And really, I never want to grow it into a mega icon team. So I never wanted to have the big office and the Zillow premier agent accounts and paying Zillow $40,000 a month. Like that is not my thing, right? Um, so I want to keep my team kind of like a cute little lean machine, right? Um, no office, no expenses, no overhead. Like it's just organically generated leads. We split the leads. They work from whatever they want to. We do have requirements for the team. For the team, we have a schedule of posting, right? So we were talking about being very scheduled. So we have a schedule that my team is. Uh, it's mandatory for them to post. So every Monday we do a listing. Every Tuesday we do one of our listings. Every Wednesday we do search for homes. Every Thursday we do these are the open houses in Livingston County. And every Friday we do how much your home is worth. And this is a schedule. And then every Saturday and Sunday they have to hold open houses. If we have a listing that's still active on the market, they have to hold it open on Saturday and Sunday until it sells. Um, if we don't have listings, because recently, like list Thursday, gone Friday, right? Or gone Thursday night, then they were looking for other agents' listings to hold it open. So we are always, you know, stay very, very active. Um, and what was I saying with that? Plus my train of thought there. Did you ask me something? Oh, how did we um, grow it, right? So I removed myself from production, did the small little team, then did the downline organization and everything is organic, right? I haven't called a single agent. I'm not blowing up anybody's phone. I'm not blowing up your Instagram, right? Like I invite everyone to the opportunity. I talk enough about it. I share the lifestyle, right? I share, I shared everything in the last 11 years, right? Since I've been licensed. So they get to see my evolution. And sometimes you're just, hold on a minute. Let me just ask her about this thing. Right. And then they end up in my calendar. We talk about it. And (laughs) you know, they are one of the thousand agents. They decided to change their own life. I am just blown away. Like there is so much in what you just said that I think is absolutely brilliant. 
the discipline and the clarity in structure, I think is absolutely fantastic because I think that when you're a new agent coming into the industry, I think one thing that there's a big group of people that struggle with is understanding what's expected of them, right? So when they come from, if they had any kind of job before getting into real estate or were on a career path, right? In the corporate world, you are living by so many different rules. And I think that's what attracts a lot of people to the world of real estate, not only the unlimited income potential, but the freedom, the flexibility, and the things that come along with it they're wearing so many hats and it can get confusing. It's the way Gogo, you just laid that out, I think is so beautiful because people can then understand if you want to be successful in this business, here are things that are expected for you to do because if you want to be successful, we're going to help you get there. And I think that that is absolutely genius. And it's something even that go ties back to your success in building your social media empire, right? Is that the consistency and the authenticity, like there's ingredients in the things that you're doing that is not surprising that you're seeing as much success as you are. And even that ability to success breeds success, right? You don't have to cold call bag and, you know, recruit and have it take a lot of effort when you have people that are learning, growing, generating volume, that becomes the greatest magnet of people wanting to be part of that. So I absolutely love it. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think I want to add on to this very quick. I think it's very important for people. The reason why people are so lost and they don't know where to spend their time because they don't know what makes them money, right? So they do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, right? Like you shouldn't do it that way. So the easiest way to calculate this, I want everyone who's listening here to know your hourly rate by the end of this call, right? So here's how this works. Let's say that you made $100,000 last year. If you work 40 hours, assuming that you have a healthy work life, right, which us realtors, we don't, but, you know, be honest with yourself and see truly how many hours did you work. One of my favorite sayings is show me your calendar, I'll show you a bank account. Yeah, it's very simple. If you just kind of wing in it every day and you don't have anything scheduled and your results and you're doing it here and you're doing it there, then you're going to make money here and you're going to make money there, but you're not going to make money all the time right? So you have to, first of all, be very scheduled. But number two, you need to know your hourly rate. You need to know where to spend your time. So then you know what makes you the most amount of money, because in the end of the day, we all work for money. Does the other stuff has to get done, the emails and the yard signs delivered and the whatever ordered? Absolutely. But do you have to be the one doing it? No. So here's what we do. So let's say you made $100,000 last year. Let's say that you worked um, a healthy 40-hour week. That's 2,080 hours a year. So you take the $100,000, and we are going to divide it by 2,080 hours. That's 48 hours an hour, 48 bucks an hour, okay? Now you need to figure out what are you actually doing for that? So if you are in real estate, right? This is just a, a simple thing of saying, this is how much I make an hour, right? But if you're in real estate, kind of two things makes us money, right? Working with sellers, working with buyers. I mean, working with renters too, but the real money is not made with the rent the renters over here, right? So let's concentrate on the buyers and sellers, right? So what I want you to do, if you're a realtor listening to this, I want you to take a look at how many transactions did you do last year? So let's say it's 20 deals, right? Or you did one a month, 12 deals, whatever, right? Look at it, how many of those were sellers and how many of those were buyers? So if you're doing the 20 deal math, let's say it's a 50-50, so it's simple, right? You had 10 sellers, you had 10 buyers. I hope it was that simple, but you know, it's not. Most of the time, agents are heavy on the buy side, less heavy on the listing side until they learn how to do listings and they go listing heavy and get a buyer's agent, right? But let's say it's a 50-50 split. So now think about it this way. How much time do you spend with your sellers? From the moment that you do that initial phone call, then you go out to the prop or do you sit on your computer, do a little bit of a comps. You go out to the property, have the one hour appointment with them. You go back home, get your listings done, write your listing package, send it over electronic signature, they sign it. Then you plug it into your MLS, you make it live. Then you create your open houses. You do your marketing packets. You take out your yard sign. You do a little bit of negotiations back and forth and then you show up at the closing table, right? So let's say that you spend 10 hours. Usually I think if you're really good, you're going to spend about seven hours with the seller. Right. So if you send seven hours, what's your average commission on the listing side? Listing side commissions are usually a little higher than buy side commission in most cases. So let's say, what do you think would be in your guys's neck of the woods on the listing side? What do you think would be an average commission? Um, about eighty five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. 
So we're gonna take the $8,500. We are going to divide it by seven hours, right? Because we're gonna work about seven hours because we're really efficient with our sellers. That's 1,214 bucks an hour. Okay, and the buying side. Now on the buying side, especially in the recent market, when you had to go show them 17 houses and make 17 offers and maybe if you were lucky, one got accepted, right? Like how many hours is that, right? So let's say it's, let's say we are 15 hours in just showing houses. And on top of it, now you're gonna have to go back for a home inspection. So that's gonna be two hours. Then they forgot to measure for the fridge. You're gonna have to go out and get access again, right? Go back and they let them measure for the fridge or whatever they have to measure for you. Right? Usually there's like that extra appointment that they need to get in for the house, right? And you need to go back and let them in. Then you have to go up at a final or a final walk and you have to go up and show up at closing in between. You have to stay on the phone with some negotiations and write some addendums and send it to all parties, right? So let's say on the buy side, you end up working like 20 hours. What do you think a buy side commission is? Um, like 4,800 bucks. So 4,800 divided by 20 hours. Now you're making 240 bucks an hour on the buy side and $1,214 on the listing side. Where should you spend your time? Listings. Ta-da. Suddenly, you know what to do all day, every day. Get, go get yourself some more listings if you want to make more money, right? right. But with this math, you have to work with six buyers to make as much money on the buy side that you would do with one seller, one. And, and, and not only that. 120 hours. Right, and not only that, but when you have an abundance of listings, you're just attracting the buyers anyways. So then you don't need to go and, and intentionally go after them. So change your language. Everything that you're talking about should be listings, listings, listings. If exactly. that's what you want to attract, which is really funny. Um, we just had a training actually um, yesterday about productivity and the number one productivity hack that we taught was do more money-making activity. How you know, do you know what your money-making activity is? And this is great because this, like this little exercise that you just walked through, I think is a great, great add on to that to say, you know, really knock it down to your hourly rate and do more of the things that are going to pay you for, for your time and money. And, and you, have to, you have to hire everything else out. So here's the catch, right? Most agents look at it. Well, that's an expense and I can afford it. Right. If you like, so for example, I used to have a sticker inside of my washer and when I would open it up, it would say it's a very expensive load of laundry. <laughs> it's right. a very expensive load of laundry, right? Because if your hourly rate on the listing side is $1,200, no, truly think about it. How much do you think it would cost you to hire somebody to come over and help you do a load of laundry? Right. Bucks? Is it right. 20? Would you say it's reasonable in your neck of the woods? Some you could find someone for 20 bucks to help you hourly yes. your house assistant. Okay. So let's say they spend four hours with you a day. It's gonna cost you 80 bucks. Your laundry's done, your house is picked up, your grocery, your your fridge is packed, and your dog is walked, right? In those four hours, if you sat down and you did what it takes to get those 10 listings that you got last year, right? If you did four more hours of that, what are the chances that you could get yourself one? Just one. One seller. Very high. That's going to make you another 8,500 or what you said. Right. And you're going to be paying out, even if this person works for you. Let's say if this person works for you four hours a day, five days a week. It's $600. $600. A month. So somebody's coming over five times a, a week four hours a day to take care of everything in your house. It's $1,600. And that's going to give you four hours a day to lead generate. What are the chances that you are going to get one measly seller? One, just, just one. Right. So that's $8,500 minus 8,500. So if you keep doing your laundry, it's going to cost you $6,900 a month. <laughs> I love this. Go, go. Do you sell these stickers? I freaking love it. Right? That's People how much you to start doing so life math. Put it on your inside of your freaking laundry machine. So mm -hmm. every time you try to open it up, because be like, I can do that. I can be in a coaching call and learn a load of laundry because I'm a woman, mm -hmm. right? Because we can do everything. But are you really paying attention on the coaching call? Are you taking notes to implement later? Are you really maybe just stop? Maybe you don't need to make more money. 
maybe you just need to create yourself more time to work on your business and not in your business. Because while you are in your business, you cannot possibly grow it. Right. And then VAs, let's talk about VAs, right? I have like 40 of them. So you need to think about it this way. The emails, do they, the LinkedIn, does it, do you need to answer it? Yes, you have to check it. You have to make that there might be a seller in there somewhere of the 962 messages that you have, right? But do you have to look at all 962 to find that one seller? No, a VA can do that. They charge three bucks an hour, four bucks an hour. Right. They can go through that and then they put it unread, the ones that I need to check. So when I log into LinkedIn, I only have two messages that I need to check, not 962. Right. So you have to think of these things, all of the little things that, yes, it still needs to get done, but it's not your money making activity. Somebody else needs to be doing their job. So from now on, when you know your hourly rate, if it's twelve hundred dollars an hour and someone's going to cost you four bucks an hour, should you hire them? Yeah, you should hire 10 of them. Right. Remove everything from your plate, A, that you hate doing, B, that you're not good at it. Right. And see, right. maybe you're good at it. You enjoy doing it, but it's not making you money. And you go remove all that from your plate. They will get it done. It will still get done. And then you go do what you, what makes you money. Love this it. Awesome. This is awesome. You're so right. And I think that there's just, people are scared to spend the money and the way that you just put it is kind of mind blowing. You're um, losing money when you don't spend it. You're losing money. I mean, it's, it's leveraging, it's, it's leveraging those pieces out to build your business. And you know, what, what might you're fully capable of doing something, but if it's taking you too much time and you're not good at it, you know, if you reposition that time and energy into something that you're good at, and it's making you money, your business is going to grow and you're going to be happier, right? Because you're going to feel more fulfilled and you're going to reach your goals faster. And I think that that's a huge, um, I think that's a huge takeaway here. This was, this is awesome. This is right. just one of my favorite saying, right? Is that now you want the listeners, right? If you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. <laughs> true. It's so true. There are no CEO, honey. <laughs> so true. I love like it. Google is this assistant has an assistant. Like that's what we were laughing. Uh, I read a meme a few years ago that said that, uh, you know, you made it when your assistant has an assistant, right? <laughs> <laughs> and now my assistant has an assistant who has an assistant. So I was like, <laughs> definitely. Made. So Gogo, is this the type of stuff that you go through in your boot camp, or tell us a little bit about like your boot camps and what types of things that you're doing, um, that continues to spread the genius that you have of like practical common sense, just do the math all the way through, finish the math. People yeah, start so with the cost part and they don't do the rest of it. So I just, I love this. So can you talk a little bit about boot camps and just things that you're doing? Yeah, so the bootcamp, Google's bootcamp, if you want to Google it, it started out with the idea that I people would stop me all the time and ask me these questions. And I felt like a broken record. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the same question for a 10 time today. Right. And I was like, instead of having to answer it again, I'm just going to record myself and I'm going to just put the video out there for them to watch it whenever it's good for them. Right. So that's how the idea of the bootcamp started. So the first one was Google's bootcamp social media. That one starts with like the basics of social media all the way up to integrations with Zapier, right? Like, System, schedule, mindset, you name it, everything, right? Anything from how to hold an open house and tricks to that, all the way to how to have multiple different websites and collect data through funnels and you name it, everything, right? So that's um, the social media. We actually just stopped selling it because it needs a little bit of a facelift, right? Because uh, social media changes faster than I can keep up. So we are going to redo that. And then also when I redo it, I want to add in these kind of things, right? Like the like the actual hourly rate calculation, the things that will help your business, not your social media marketing, because this, this is what happens in the background to know what to do on social media, right? So when it comes to like affiliate income on social media, for example, you have to see, okay, if I'm marketing this product, I'm making $2 on it, but I'm marketing this product, I'm making $200 on it, which product should I market more often? Right. This one. Right. So those kind of things. So not just like what is affiliate income and how to get your links and how to how to put it into a website, but it's also like how to decide what to market. Right. Like those kind of things. So the social media bootcamp, you can buy it now if you tried. Um, it's actually 
on snooze right now. It's going to get a facelift. And then we got a two Pama Club award for that website as well, which means that we have sold over seven digits for that bootcamp and it's, it's snooze right now. Um, the next one we did um, last year was my aging attraction bootcamp. So after switching to EXV, I became an alpha agent, which is which means that I'm 0.02%. So the top of the top 1% in the company. And then again, people would ask me the same questions. How do you do this? And what is their website? How did you create this link? And what is the mindset? And you know, all of these things. So again, I put my knowledge video-based series into agent attraction. So everything what I do from the systems to the mindset, to the group coaching calls, to the agent retention and celebration, everything that it entails, not just the actual agent attraction, because it's one thing to make them come. It's a one, it's a totally other thing to make them stay, right? So agent retention, it's, a, it's, it's the aftermath of attracting them to your team or brokerage. And it is not EXP specific. So my agent attraction, I do mention EXP, of course, because I'm at EXP. So one of the first videos I say, when I say EXP, you say the name of your brokerage. So just automatically replace it, right? Um, so we have um, agents and broker owners and team leaders from all different types of brokerages in my agent attraction course. For that one, we also got a two comic club award for. So that's what the boot camps are about. One is social media and, and, and business that's going to get a facelift here soon. And then the other one is the agent attraction. And um, soon here, we are coming out with another product um, where we are going to be helping agents to run their own ads. Even though I don't run ads, right, um, because I'm able to do it organically, I feel like if you would, but, and also I'm kind of, I hate to say this out loud, but, you know, we have our traits and one of them is that I'm cheap, right, <laughs> throw out things for free, but if you would just throw five bucks a day at it, you would get 10 times more leads, right? So why not to do it? Um, but most of the reason or the biggest reason why agents don't do it because they don't know how, right? Yes. It's, it, running ads is not simple. There's a lot of rejected ads. There's a lot of rules that you have to obey by and all of those things. So we are going to be running agents ads here in the near future. Don't tell anyone yet. So, sure. um, so that's pretty much it. So we do a little bit of everything in the bootcamp. And then ideally, I want to come out soon with the small business bootcamp. So today I own um, nine, well, I owned nine, we shut a company down. So now we own eight companies, right? So I feel like I'm not just a realtor anymore, right? I don't just do real estate. I have so many different, my hands in so many different um, companies and opportunities that I feel like I'm more of an entrepreneur. And uh, because of that, we're starting a TV show that's called Gogopreneur that's launching in November. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be called Gogopreneur and the idea is more entrepreneurial, right? So all of these things that I teach here, like the hourly rate, it applies for everybody, right? The marketing and social media branding and affiliate income, it applies to everybody. You can be a dog walker and sell dog products on to your social media, right? Like have sponsorships from all of these different companies. So um, that's my, my idea is I want to help the masses. There's 1.4 million realtors in the country, right? But there is almost 200 million self-employed or somebody that has a gig in this country so that bucket of people is is bigger and the more people I can have the more I can have right from life so I want to be able to open it up to like the entrepreneurial world where I'm not just helping just realtors so it's going to be more like buckets of I like buckets of marketing right like if you have a storefront here's what you need to know for marketing if you have an online business here's what you need to know for marketing if you have maybe like an MLM style thing here's what you need to know for marketing like I want to be able to break it up into different buckets because I also feel like even when you're a realtor you're not just a realtor right especially if you're doing social media branding right like you can make a you can make very good income through affiliate income and if somebody listening that doesn't understand what affiliate income is, so think of it this way. Let's say that you use QuickBooks for your, your uh, bookkeeping, right? If you go into QuickBooks, there's a referral friend button, right? You're going to take that link and QuickBooks is going to give you $500 when somebody signs up. That's $500. Don't get me wrong. Like it could be 50 bucks now. I don't know what they actually pay. But think of it, whatever they are paying you, how many times somebody message you and be like, hey, Google, who do you use for your, your bookkeeping? Like what app, what software? Like that's sales. When you open your mouth and tell that person of what you do for that specific thing that they're asking you about, you just sold them on their product because they trusted you enough to ask you what you use. That means there's trust. What that means is when now I tell you what it is, more than likely they're going to go and get it. And I just marketed a company for free. So I want to get paid for it because again, time is money. So now you're going to reach out to that company. You're going to get what's called an affiliate link. And that's the link that you're going to get sent to that friend. It's still QuickBooks, but it's going to say QuickBooks forward slash Gogo. 
right? So that is my link. So QuickBooks can see that that person came directly from me and in return, QuickBooks is going to pay me. So even when you're a realtor, you have CRM programs, you have CPAs, you have all kinds of different services, right? That you use and you recommend. You just open your mouth and you don't think about it. I could have got paid for this. So I fly for free. I have the Amex travel card, right? The Delta card. I'll fly for free because if you go into your credit cards, every credit card, open it up. There's a button. There's a plus button. Invite a friend. When you click that button and you send it to the friend, if they sign up, they're going to get free miles and you are going to get free miles. I fly for free because I have so many free miles and I get upgraded to first class every time. I, spent, I bought like one ticket last year. And how many times did I fly last year? Right? Like these kind of things you have to think about when you're doing social media. There's a million ways to make money, not just the next commission. And you have to have different buckets, right? The more buckets you have of income, when one of them gets affected by whatever's going on in the market, then you don't have to worry for your livelihood because you have other places where money's coming in. Well said. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, I'm so happy to hear that you're expanding your world. Carrie and I hear that a lot through Golden Link because we're not focusing on the real estate contract stuff. It's more, how do you run a business? And there are so many people out there. So like you said, gig workers, so many people that are selling products and services that they have a passion for what they do, but there's so many different hats that you have to wear to be successful at it. And so you're taking the mystery out of that piece and streamlining it and making it easier for them to you know, connect with the people that they serve. And so that is fantastic. Gogo, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you at? So Gogo's real estate pretty much everywhere or Gogo Vetki, right? But if you want to talk to me in person, like personally, Instagram is the only one that I personally message. Everywhere else, I have virtual assistants. So if you go on LinkedIn or Facebook or you email me, you're going to get one of my virtual assistants. If you want to talk to me directly, that's Gogo's real estate on Instagram. Fantastic. Carrie Gogo, anything you want to add before we wrap up today? Uh, Gogo, your math is genius. You know, I think that that was a huge takeaway uh, for me personally, as well as I hope some of our listeners that were here. So thank you so much. It's great to hear your genius um, at work. And I am excited to watch your show. I'm going to be looking for that when that comes out for sure. Thank you. I feel like math, by breaking things down into numbers, it removes the feeling. Most mm-hmm. people make a decision based on feelings and you cannot run business business on feelings. You need to run business on bottom line. Does it make sense in numbers? And right. as soon as you're looking at numbers, it just kind of puts the feeling aside because it's right there. 20 bucks, 200 bucks. Easy. I don't care how you feel about it, right? Like, which one should you be doing? It's the proof is in the pudding, right? So I feel like to make it more simpler to people to be finally able to pull a trigger on something and make those decisions fast by removing the feelings part of it. Well, thank you ladies so much for having me here today. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. And I am seriously going to redo and rethink everything I'm doing in my life. I can't wait for my husband to come home and be like, that You're is going to have a load of laundry. I'm like, <laughs> I am not touching it. So, I ain't touching it. Not it. I have to nope, go make money. Nope, I need to go to this because that's what makes us money. Somebody exactly. Else He'll yeah, get there. I'll just show him the map. He'll understand. He will totally understand. So, yeah, my husband you. asked me something yesterday. I don't remember what it was. And I, my response was, not my job. well i'm sure our listeners want more gogo and trust that we will put all of her links and contact information in our show notes but that's all we have for today's golden power hour podcast if you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more ways to develop and grow your business check us out at mygoldenlink.com thank you very much everyone have a great day and stay golden